Hello everyone, welcome to Inspected Goals, the pod that tries to improve our FPL play through a more analytical approach. I'm Luke, uh, welcome back guys, welcome back regulars. Uh, with me today is not Sam, yet again he's out and about um, doing the whole sports science thing. I think he's again with the England ladies maybe, um, pretty sure, jet setting around the world, um, what a life eh? But in his place we've got uh, a fantastic stand-in. Mr. Abdul, FPL Salah on Twitter. I'm sure you guys all know him. How are you doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm good, Luke. How's yourself, mate? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. I'm, uh, I'm recovering. I'm recovering, put it that way, after last week. I think we were just talking yeah. a little bit before before we went online. That was uh, that was some rigmarole last week, wasn't it, with the whole leak and stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was pretty stressful. Like that, The last two Saturday mornings have been <laughs> pretty stressful. Uh, luckily, I got managed to get my transfers in this week, though. Um, but yeah, we'll go, we'll go again this Saturday, don't we? We're there to kick off and say again. Yeah, it's a nightmare to be honest. I mean, we may as well just cover it now to be honest. It's like um, I'm really appreciative that we do get the leaks because any extra information I can get to get the upper hand on anyone, I will take. I'm not afraid to say so. I mean, happy days. Um, not even the upper hand. It, the information is out there for anyone who wants it, I suppose. Although it's not ideal that you have to be available at that exact time in your life. You know, it's very stressful for certain people of a certain age or in certain areas of the world. Um, but it's the whole thing that it's so close to deadline, coupled with that site going down, that just means, especially when it's like crushing news, like, you know, the fact that Harlem wasn't yeah. playing and Foden wasn't playing. And I personally thought they both probably would play. Um, mm -hmm. And I've got them both in my team as well with other fires. And it's like, I just, although I've got ideas in my head of what to do, that was probably one of the least likely scenarios. And then it, bam, you get the news. And then the site goes down at almost the exact same time and it is crushing because as much as it is a game and it is fun and you could laugh in the aspects, you've spent a lot of time thinking about it and then you're just not able to do yeah. anything about it. It's so frustrating, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, like, um, it was just, it was just like a, a really kind of, you know, high-stress situation. And at the same time, like I was saying before, like, I hadn't even, um, you know, kind of planned this scenario where, where um, Foden and Haaland would be benched because I thought, you know, there's no way that's going to happen. I had one for like a Haaland bench and a Foden bench. Yeah. But I just kind of, you know, as soon as that happened, I was like, okay, I need to make my my transfers like the next two minutes, you know, because I'm it's gonna it's gonna crash and it's gonna get worse. So yeah, I just made my my transfers on a kind of whim, and uh, you know, luckily they got through. But yeah, a lot a lot of people got burned this week, which is which is a shame. Yeah, I wasn't even sure. Like I don't know if it's just be, I don't know if it's because I the news was news I didn't want to hear. But when I watched the video, I wasn't even 100% sure that they were being truthful, if it was just taking the piss sort of thing. I wasn't like, I was almost tricking myself to say, no, 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 that can't be right. They're they not taking the piss yeah. here. And then that was causing me to have a bit of a delay where if I'd have known the site was going to go down, I should have just gone bam straight away. And like you, luckily, I had my trance. I literally did Foden to Trossard. That's all I did. I kept Haaland. I did very briefly consider the whole... Um, Harland and Foden switch into De Bruyne and Alvarez. And yeah. I, I was thinking about doing it. And then, I mean, for reasons we're going to talk about in a minute, and, and Harland and whether he starts, I didn't want to do that simply because I didn't want to go into the next week with being in the situation that I probably needed a hit to get Harland. So that's how I convinced myself. And I thought, well, Alvarez, even if he starts in that game, right, we weren't sure about Harland in terms of his minutes. We're thinking, well, if Alvarez only plays 60 minutes and Harland comes on for 30, he can hurt me. And then, again, I'm buying a striker who may only play 60 minutes, which isn't ideal. So, in the end, I talked myself out of it. I would actually be up because they ended up doing pretty damn well between them. My captain would have been Alvarez. Um, it wouldn't have been De Bruyne. I would have put it on Alvarez. 
So I would have been up, but then when you take into the account probably the hit to switch it around this week again, it's quite marginal. And I think taking a hit for an individual week, you know, it's quite rare that'll work out. I mean, you're the master of this sort of thing, aren't you? You rarely ever take them. So it's quite lucky when those come off, I think, even even in a game as good as that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, like, um, I, di I didn't even have, like, I just kind of, as I said, I made my transfers on a whim. And then once I made my transfers, I, I started thinking of that move, um, you know, taking out, you know, like the Haaland and, and, and Foden move to, you know, to, to Alvarez and, and somebody else. So, like, I was lucky I didn't have enough time to think because I, I could have possibly even, like, you know, under that situation, you know, took it Haaland out. Um, and then it would have been really regretting it now. But I'm so glad I kept him because, um, you know, obviously he came on, scored. And uh, I think we've got to assume he starts against Brentford now. Um, I know he didn't come on and, you know, he didn't play any minutes in, in the Carabao Cup. But, mm. um, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to try and guess Pep here. That's, that's your job. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? Do you think he starts? Um I hate answering these ones because at the end of the day, it's nothing to do with tactics. Um, you know, it's, yeah. inf it's information we just don't have access to. You know, only the medical team, Pep, really know. You know, what he says in the media can help us to lean one way, but you never know who that's for, who, who that's to encourage, how to interpret it. He's never as straightforward as Haaland's going to start this week or Haaland's not, so yeah. you're never going to get it clear cut. I mean, my, my feeling is that he probably does start because I think when Haaland's available, he starts. I mean, that's not really in question so far this season. When he's been available, he's played, even in games where people thought, you know, towards the beginning of the season, when they're having games every three days the first time, it was largely yeah. um, expected that he wouldn't play, right? And he did. Um, so I don't think that's in question. The fact that he doesn't go to the World Cup probably helps it as well, I guess, because there's, you know, what does it matter to Pep as long as he doesn't cause himself a long-term injury? Yeah. Um, he may as well try and pick his best team to try and win the game. Um, so yeah, I think that's all in his favour. The fact he was on the bench and they obviously comfortably won or, or were comfortably better in the in the cup and didn't need him, I think that probably is a positive if anything really, because he didn't he didn't feel to bring him in and just risk him for any reason. So he's probably, yeah. I don't know, that kind of made me think that okay, the fact he played Alvarez for ninety, he had Haaland there ready to go. I suppose the the more important thing for me is I do think you'll see the pitch. Now that could either be the last twenty or thirty minutes, or it could be a start. But I can't really see the 90, can you, considering he's just coming back. I know we've been in this position before with Haaland, where, especially in the analytic circles, we've kind of underestimated how many minutes he'll play. But I think, given he's coming off of an injury, what, what would you say is the, the, Mac, the best we could get from him? You know, I, I sort of had the sort of 70-minute mark as probably the best we could get. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I'd say, I mean, I've had, I would put it like a wee, I guess, right now, it's just 70 to 75, um, because of the fact, just as you mentioned, the... You know he's he's just come back from injury, but yeah, the fact he's not got a World Cup or any sort of distractions in that sense is you know he's got nothing to rest him for. So, so yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I'd say probably seventy seventy five, which is for me is is more than good enough to to give him the armband. Mm. And again, we are playing the game within a game. I know you're supposed to go for points, but the fact that his effective ownership will be so crazily high against everyone, most people, as much as yeah. we think a lot of people do get the news, and they do now. Um, there's also a hell of a lot of people out there that don't. I mean, Haaland's risen in price this week already, which exactly. I, I just I can't understand that because, well, I suppose I can because of what I just said, but no, I, I don't know who in their right mind is making that transfer when potentially you can get the Man City news early. I know we have to rely on the servers, but also he, he didn't even start the cup game. Pep's not said he's 100% fit either, and yet he's gone up in price. It's, it, yeah, I guess that's just those were kind of the... The kind of the kind of add on Twitter and just saw the fact that he he came on as a sub and scored 
um, you know, they, they'll probably be totally oblivious to, you know, the, yeah, the, the news. I, I guess it's kind of, I mean, it's, it's only us, like, Twitter guys who, who know that. And th- I know there is a lot of us, but still the vast majority of, you know, kind of FPL users are, don't use don't use Twitter. Yeah, no, that's fair. I think in a situation where he does, he's getting 70 or 20, it's still going to make a difference for me in terms of the captain. So for me, in terms of the league, he's in my team. I'm not going to be taking him out. There was a scenario potentially where I thought, well, at the end of the day, if he's not starting this week, uh, maybe I could move him to Kane. And that does kind of appeal. But then I think losing that point three when he probably would come off of the bench if he's on the bench, does that make sense anyway? I probably wouldn't do that. So, um, yeah, I think really it's only important in terms of the armband because I'm not going to captain him if he's on the bench, as simple as that. And I don't think you would Mm -hmm. either, right? I know there's a lot of people out there that probably still would, but I I don't think I would. I'll just put it on Salah. Yeah, if he's on the bench, there's there's no way there's no way he's getting mad at the armband. No, no, absolutely not. And it is a great game, to be fair. And the last week was a great game as well, ruined by the red card. Yeah. That's the other thing with football. I mean, on paper, absolutely excellent game, and they did very well. But um, we all know that football can do the football thing, and um, it can throw up these curveballs like getting a red card or whatever else um, that can happen at any point. Um, you know, Harlan could injure himself in two minutes being on the pitch. Who knows what could, could actually go on on the day. Um, how did you actually get on the, uh, this week then? Because uh, there's a, quite a variety, I think. Quite often this season, it's felt like to me that in and around um, engaged managers, Twitter and stuff, the scores haven't been that different between us. We've all had ve- quite close teams. It's been quite bunched. I haven't. I can't think of too many weeks where there's been massive variety. But this week, probably because of the fact that the, the site crashed or the, what you did with the information probably contributed. So, yeah, how did you get on this week? Yeah, I actually had my, my first kind of good game week in, in quite a long time. Um, so I got 81 points. I had um, Salah captain. Wow. Um, and I got, um, I think it was about 390k, and I, I, that gave me like a rank rise up to about 130k. Nice. So yeah, it was really kind of good and needed game week. And um, hopefully I can try and, you know, the target is, you know, get into the top 100k by game week 16. So yeah, that that um, you know target as well and truly on. So yeah, I mean it's been a kind of um, it's not been the best start to the season for me. I've had a lot of like you know it just seems like you know one game we could I'd get like a, a small green in the next season it'd be like quite a bad red. Mm. And that kind of trend has continued from like game week two. Because at game week two I was at fifty k, and then you know I've just kind of been up and down from like hundred k three hundred k. But yeah, I finally had that good game week, so hopefully I can kick on. Do you think we've been kind of a little bit, well, you in particular, I suppose, been a bit spoiled recently in terms of, because there's so much more exposure around rank, there's a lot more content creators, everyone shares it, everyone who's doing good yeah. is all over Twitter, that we're so like conscious of it the whole time. And when you probably go back, because you've been playing this game a hell of a lot of time, let's say you go back 10 years or whatever, I bet during the season you didn't really pay much attention to it. At the end of the day, the, the final rank, if rank matters at all, which is questionable for a start, if it does matter at all, obviously it only matters at the end of game week 38. And I think probably if you look retrospectively at all your other seasons and other seasons you have done obviously fantastically well as well, you, um, you might comparatively be doing quite well this season, even though it feels like a bad season, if you see what I mean, compared to those other ones. Because at the end of the day, you always end up sort of rising to the top as it comes towards the end, I imagine. So Yeah, I mean... Go on. Yeah. I do agree, and like, I've kind of been tracking the progress over like you know the last four or five seasons, and okay. this is this is probably the worst start I've had over the last four seasons. So I have I've had been I have been quite lucky in the sense that you know I've I've not really had like a a, a bad season for like you know almost you know four or five like my fifth season now. So mm-hmm. 
yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's like a kind of thing where it's like you're 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 spoiled and you've probably got kind of you know unrealistic expectations. But um, but yeah, I mean, saying that I've had a bad season, like you know, compared to last season, I'm only about around about twenty points off, really. Okay. Uh, you know, comparably. So, and and especially now after that, you know, after that um, game week last week. I mean, it's, the thing is as well. This I don't know if you noticed, but and I don't know if this is actually true as well. But it just feels like because we're in that got a game week sixteen now, right? And it just feels like the ranks are still so bunched up right now. I don't think this was the case last season or even the season before, where it's like you know the ranks were so close together. So I mean, even though you're sitting at maybe three to four hundred k, it's not as actually bad as it as it looks. Yeah. Um, well, I just think the, um, the, the the template teams, I mean, I think it's getting more and more template every season. And I think because of the fact this season we've had uh, the, you know, the obviously using the early wildcard and then, you know, having unlimited transfers for game week 16, it's been even more so like, you know, everyone's teams, you know, following that same path. Um, you know, I think when we're looking at the wildcards, it was everyone wildcard either game week 8, 9 or 13, I think it was. Yeah. And um, everyone yeah, everyone, everyone we know, and I think when when we say everyone we know, those are the guys who who we're really competing against, who are going to be there at the at the, at the end of the season. Um, and, and even then, like you know, I mean, the, these chip strategies look um, are being, you know, kind of um, aired on you know all the big YouTube channels, like you know Andy, yeah. you know Raptor, FPL, May, whoever it is, you know, the biggest YouTube channels. So it's not only like that information is getting kind of you know broadcast worldwide and you know like to a, a much bigger kind of user base than we would probably expect so and that's going to only increase as as the season's going i absolutely notice it now because i mean i'm in a few like work leagues and stuff like this yeah. probably about three or four of my leagues out of the loads that i'm in are you know just complete cal- the- they don't even know who I am, such a celebrity. That's not what I mean. <laughs> but, but do you know what I mean? There's, there's people in there, and in the past, I would look through their um, the, the, the league and just look at their teams and just laugh to myself. Whereas now I'll look at the, the bottom team, and it'll be yeah. basically my team. It'll be just as good, maybe two players different. Maybe I think the fringe pieces they sometimes struggle with, but then they soon become apparent. Um, but the teams are absolutely yeah. great. And, and then couple oh. that with the Haaland captain nearly every week, and it probably goes yeah. some way to explain it, right? Yeah, and I've, I've totally noticed that this season. I mean, even last season, it wasn't really the case in my work leagues, like, you know, in those kind of private leagues. And this season, honestly, like, I'm sitting, like, fifth. I mean, usually, like, in my main work league, I'm, I'm first, like, you know, by game week two, no matter how bad the season I've had, and I'm, and I'm top until the end. Whereas this week, this, this season, I'm sitting, like, fifth or sixth. And looking through everybody's teams, I mean, they're definitely watching stuff on YouTube or Twitter or, you know, they're, they're definitely getting their information in the same place as we are. Yeah, so, and it's, so I, I actually genuinely think that the start is more important than it's ever been because I think that's your biggest deviation part. I think that although we do have the content and everyone will put it out, there'll always be those people who will have, go their own way at the start in particular. Like There was a hell of a lot of people who thought Haaland wouldn't particularly do well at Man City, for example, and yeah. there, is, there is a chance that could have happened. You know, I'm not going to sit here and slag anyone off for that. You know, There is yeah. a chance. We have seen similar things happen. Um, of course. Yeah, so I think... I think with the the whole World Cup and everything, like you say, and the timing of the wild, the wild cards, and I suppose the pricing has has gone into it as well. I think the game was just it's just so much easier to get your world star teams yeah. now. You don't really have to do your research on your your Brentford left backs and your rotations and stuff. So it just becomes quite easier to to make it template. But it's kind of frustrating, I think, for those who have had a bad start because then trying to make it up is really really difficult. And I do feel for them. So 
I think you have to get a lot of luck at the start to really give yourself a good chance. Um, you don't have to. There's always going to be exceptions, but I think in general. And I think like you, I've been kind of lucky in the last few seasons where I've kind of been on the players from the beginning who have fired. Mm-hmm. And it's not always the best players on paper that will fire. But I think back to last season, I started with Antonio and Van Rama. You know, if you, if you didn't have those two guys, I think it was last season, wasn't it? I think I'm pretty sure it was. Um, yeah, you, you basically tough. got decimated in the first four weeks. Like it's yeah. almost unrecoverable. I think Antonio scored nearly all of his points in the first four weeks. Mm-hmm. Same as Ben Rama, and you know, you could argue even That's in the cool. case of Ben Rama, he wasn't a particularly good pick over the season. We just got extremely lucky that he was fantastic in those first few weeks, and I think. That, yeah. that that's where you kind of your ballpark of where you're going to finish in a season is made or lost quite a lot of the time anyway so yeah, yeah a lot of, a lot of luck in this game as, as much as there is definitely skill and 100% and I'm you know you're living proof of that someone who can do so well so consistently there has to be skill in it but I think even you admit there is a hell of a lot of luck in this game as well right there's, there's only so much you can control yeah 100% I mean like no doubt about it. I mean, the, the, the main thing is, I think the main thing we've got to know is that the, the work, the kind of the research you put into this game, uh, it's, it's not kind of, you know, evidence of, you know, the results we'll get. Mm. Um, so you also have to keep that in the back of your mind. So it's like, yeah, there's, it's just one of those games. It's not like chess, where it's like, you know, there's, you know, there's always moves to make. There's, there's just too many kind of human factors in it. Too many permutations, yeah. The correlation of effort put in and results isn't always the same in, in FPL, unfortunately. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I mean, the winners are nearly are absolutely living proof in this game. Nearly every season, the winner is someone who's never come in the top, you know, six hundred thousand yeah. or something. And um, yeah, it's unbelievable how they how they do that. I mean, to be to be in the in the top ten k out of ten million is ridiculous. And we always have this top ten k thing uh, that people seem to hold on to. And I do think it is a thing from the past because now being top ten k out of ten million players is Incredibly tough, so I don't think anyone should beat themselves up if they can't make it. Um, yeah, for sure. Let's move on. Let's talk about some players this this week because it's a bit of a funny week, and I have listened to a few pods, and we're all saying the same kind of things, and it's for obvious reasons. Everyone sort of else was saying it's a it's a complete uh, hail mary. You can do whatever you hell you want, and I, I am behind that personally. Um, obviously, when we get to completely reset, there's limited repercussions for what you do to your team. The only thing I'll add to that is is what I said right at the start, that there is still value after this. It's not like 38. You still have to probably bear in mind value for some of your players. Yeah. You know, Losing that whole ha- Harlan to Kane may pay off this week, for example, if he doesn't play, but then losing that 0.3, which I think it is at the moment, over the course of a season may actually get you those points back later on. <laughs> so um, it's not quite there, but it, it is almost, isn't it? So um, I'm going to bring up a slide here, actually, which is just the goalkeepers and defenders. Now, I don't know how popular goalkeeper and defender transfers will actually be in the community. I think I can't think of too many examples where a player in in one of those positions needs fixing. <laughs> yeah, but see, I think I think there might be because I think a lot of people have got like a quite a set, um, you know, kind of front, you know, a midfield and um, you know, midfield and forwards. Like if unless you've got like kind of Alvarez, you're pretty much kind of set. So. Um, yeah, I think there's not going to be as, as much, you know, goalkeeper and defender transfers, um, you know, as, as the forwards. But I do think there's going to be, you know, a few FPL players. Because I'm, I'm actually thinking of, you know, a defender transfer myself. Okay, okay. I suppose it's for people who, because teams are probably, if you prepared well, looking really good this yeah. week. Because the fixtures are pretty good for the top teams this week. I mean, my team looks, I think it looks pretty good on paper. I mean, I think that most weeks doesn't always get points, but it looks like it looks pretty good. The bench is okay. And in that situation where we get lucky, and this is the bit that's holding us back a bit with the Man City team and the league that everyone is waiting for, which is what's yeah. stopping us from committing a lot of, all over the place. 
um, suddenly there is the option where if that all falls my way, then yeah, a defender transfer for me would actually probably happen. I mean, I'd probably get Gabriel. I'm just going to read it out for people who are listening on the pod. So we've taken this from FPL Review, um, uh, and it, it's given a total column, which is in the middle there. You've got the expected minutes from the player on the left, and you've got points per, per <coughs> minute on the right, which isn't particularly important at this for one game week. Um, so for goalkeepers, I'll just read the top five. It's got Edison at the very top with 4.5. On average, um, these will be the points that he's expected to get for this game week. Um, obviously, with a clean sheet, you'd be hitting six. So um, pretty good chances of a clean sheet for obvious reasons. We've got Allison, Ramsdale, Sanchez and Pickford that make up the top five and they're fairly bunched together. I can't think of too many examples of a goalkeeper transfer, so I'm going to gloss over that. However, like I just mentioned, if everything in my team works out perfectly, I am sat with Pope and Trippier, and I can afford just to go Pope to Edison. And as boring yeah. as that is, that might be something I end up doing. Um, I am, however, waiting on Mitrovic news. I don't, have you seen the news today that Mitrovic... I don't know if it's 100% confirmed, but it seems like the national team has said something like he's broken a bone in his foot or two bones in his foot or something along those lines. Have you seen <coughs> Well, as, yes, I've seen... A few tweets getting thrown about. Um, I, I found. I assumed it was official. I'm not got much of it, so I didn't really look into it. But okay. I seen um, Ben Dinneri's um, tweet saying that he, he he's out for the first game of the World Cup. So obviously that means he he'll be out for for, for game week 16 as well. Yeah, I was probably going to do Pope to Edison, which I mean, as you can see from there, Pope's 3.7, Edison's yeah. 4.5. So it's minimum impact really for a transfer. But now that Mitrovic out, I'll probably scrap that. We'll move on to defenders as it's slightly more exciting. We've got Trent Alexander-Arnold at the top. Still, still the algorithm loves Trent as, as poor as he's been. He's been in my team pretty much all season. Um, I can't say it's hurt me too much overall, though, because I'm still doing okay. It, he's kind of the, the guy I've got, which Solanke, Pereira, some of my cheaper players have enabled. He's not done it, but the enablers have ended up doing it. It's crazy how FPL works sometimes. But he's right at the top at 5.6, and he's sat in my team. Every week, I think he's going to get something, and it seems like the, get the fixture looks pretty good. But do you think? I mean, you, you're a fat, you know, you support Man United, don't you? Despite being FPL Salah, but <laughs> he's still a, surely he's still a good pick this week, right? Give me some confidence. <laughs> oh, like you know what? I mean, <laughs> see what like what's kind of worrying for me is that when you look at the bookies odds, and um, you know they're all they always say like you know, it's sort of, Liverpool's pure defence is, is finally being like you know reflected in that as well. I mean, it's a lot less than you know what it was last season. Even, even this week, um, um, they're at home to Southampton and they've got my forty-five percent. Last season, that would have been you know easily above fifty. So, I think right now with Trent, we're kind of really kind of relying on um, on attacking returns. But yeah, I mean, fixture-wise, you can't really ask for much more. Um, and I mean, I don't think there's any way I'd include him in my in you know my team after you know. From game week seventeen, you know, when when we got them in transfers, the only reason I've still got him is because obviously, you know, he had he had those two fixtures and had other kind of fires to fix. Mm. So yeah, I mean, I think you've had him longer than me, look, and yeah, I think it's quite amazing. Like, what what you're at now, like fifty k or something. Um, or, I think I'm thirty. I haven't looked. I think I'm thirty. Let me have a look now, quick. Yeah, think, okay. I mean, you've had yeah. obviously fantastic that season. The fact that you've had Trent is yeah, it's quite quite impressive. You know, considering he's only had. Um, the, the only returns he's actually had is that Bournemouth game, mm. and then I think it was the West Ham game. Yeah, um, yeah. The Mega was, Mega Hall was versus Bournemouth, was it? And then the Bournemouth, West yeah. And then the West Ham game was, you know, extremely lucky because obviously Bournemouth missed the penalty. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think 
I, th- I think the points we've got so far have probably probably been quite lucky considering the fact that you know they conceded so many goals. But yeah, yeah I'm not confident. But um, you know, I don't think we could take him out at home to Southampton. No, I'm never going to be taking him out. I'm just going to be hoping he finally comes through. I think I think his attacking output has looked a lot dampened of late. You know, just watching the games, he does seem to be not getting forward as much, not whipping in the balls yeah. as much. I mean, it's still there. You still see every game. You'll, every single game you watch, Trent, he will still make you go wow at one point for a good reason. Yeah. He will do something, even if it's just a crossfield ball mm. or whatever. Um, but, yeah, it's, um, it's not really been as, as, as adventurous as I'd have hoped. But I think they've been affected by injuries as well. I know there's, there's with, uh, people have done Liverpool to death. There's a whole number of you know possible theories and reasons as to why they haven't been good, as good. But... Um, the bottom line for me is Trent and Robbo just haven't been as impactive as they have in previous seasons. Those fullbacks were basically unstoppable. Everyone knew what they're going to do, and they just couldn't stop it. And, yeah. and now it just doesn't seem to have quite the same impact. But anyway, yeah. I won't waste any more time on that. We've got Cancelo and Robertson that come in second and third. So 5.1 points for Cancelo, Robertson for 4.5. I've also got Cancelo. I'm sure you've got Cancelo too as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, pretty standard. And then it's got Gabriel at 4.5 um, after Robertson. So he'd probably be my defender transfer in, actually, if I had to pick. Um, that's who I was thinking of anyway. And then when I looked at review, it came up as Gabriel being that high up and obviously being cheap enough. So if I had a, a bit of a hole in defence, I think he's where I'd go. The only other name that really tempted me was possibly Perisic. Yeah. Which one would you pick out of them if you had to make a defender transfer? See, that's the thing. I think this is a week where you kind of just go for for the vibe pick, right? Because it's one game week. Um, and... I'm I'm really liking Luka Perisic because I think my my transfer will most likely be uh, a defender transfer. So I'm looking at like dunk to Perisic, um, just enough purely because he might play in a you know a front two and a front three again. Mm-hmm. I'm going to obviously wait on that you know Paul O'Keefe's kind of prediction lineup. I know he's not 100% accurate, but he has kind of been you know fairly spot on weeks. Close enough. So, yeah, that's what I'm looking at. I think Gabriel is the is the move I would have made. You know, if you know it was a normal season and we're just kind of you know playing you know through, obviously with with one of the transfers. But yeah, I think because of the situation, I'm, I, I prefer Perisic. Yeah, Sun H has put Perisic minutes concern though. Well, that's always the thing with Perisic. Yeah. Is that we can never we can never be sure. And even even on review here, you can see that he's actually got 59 minutes next to his name. So that's what they yeah. expect, which is. Uh, a lot less than everyone else. So, you know, if, if you do think that Perisic plays um, 70 minutes, he jumps ahead of, of, of most of these guys, to be honest, apart from the very top guys. And I think if you could, you know, it, it will be built into uh, review because the guys are genius. A certain percent chance yeah. of him being in the front three as well. But, less, you know, if we get the leak from Paul O'Keefe that he's going to start and he's in the front three or the front two, that will jump up again, I would have thought, quite a lot. And he is on all set pieces anyway, so he's always got that in his... Well, I don't know if he's on, yeah. he's on most of the set pieces, so he's got that in his locker. So he is a very enticing pick for one week. And the, the real appeal is what you said. You don't have to carry him through, right? Because he is a bit of a headache after that. Yeah, sure. Right, let's move on to midfielders and forwards because I think this is where most people want to spend their transfers. And again, I appreciate, guys, nearly everyone's going to be waiting for the leak, so it's, it's hard to, to commit. I have made, someone, someone amongst you will probably spot the alteration I've made to expected minutes to one of the players in this list. So if you go to midfielders, we've got Salah right at the top on 8.4, um, basically the best midfielder this week and actually the best pick uh, in terms of the expected points, even above Haaland, who's on 76 minutes. 
Uh, and then we've got De Bruyne, we've got Foden in third, and that's the guy who I've changed his minutes for. He is actually, I think, about 11th or 12th of the default minutes of when I recorded this. I bumped it up to 82 just to suggest if you think he's going to play and maybe he comes off a little bit. Maybe that's a little bit optimistic, even 82, probably a little bit lower, maybe 75, something like that would probably be more accurate. Um, but I wanted to put it in here because he does suddenly jump to the third best midfielder. And having taken him out last week personally for Trossard, if we get the news he starts this week, and I, I think he probably does. I think... I think I talked about a little bit about it on Twitter. He was obviously benched in the cup. I think the fact that Brentford are almost certain to play a back five, the fact that Pep has mentioned numerous times that when there's a lot of defenders in a in a tight block, it's a lot better to go try and go on the outside of them than it is to cut inside, which is what Jack Grealish does into traffic. Mm. Um, my biggest worry is Jack Grealish was fantastic again in the cup, and he's he's been a bit of an issue for Foden because he's been playing so well, and Pep seems very reluctant to use him on the right side, really reluctant to do so. Obviously, in previous seasons, he was playing as the nine if he, was, if he couldn't get into the team on the left. Uh, we now have Alvarez and Haaland, so it's another place that's been taken away from him. So, yeah, there's still a chance that he doesn't play, but I think it makes tactical sense to play him. He also makes minutes sense to play him this week as well, which he hasn't had going into this game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm fairly confident he actually plays. So if he starts, he suddenly jumps right to the top and I don't have him in my team. The fact that Mitrovic is out has kind of forced my hand, which is really annoying already. Because if I know that if suddenly we get the leak that Foden's in the team, I'll really want to have him because it just feels like one of those FPL moments, doesn't it? Where those of us that committed to Foden and got him in and have seen a series of one pointers eventually got rid of him, and then he goes and starts home to Brentford. You just know what's going to happen. Yeah, it's, it's so annoying. I mean, you've got three City, have you? You've got Cancelo, Alvarez, and or have you got two? Um, no, I've got I've got. Um... Three, I've got Alvarez, Haaland and, and Cancelo. So, yeah, that kind of moves off the table for me. Mm. But, yeah, I mean, if he does start... I mean, I mean, if, if I had enough... If I had two City and I had enough to, to, to put Foden in for, you know, say, even Rashford, who I bought him last week, yeah. um, and, and, and if I found out he started, he'd, he'd be in my team. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think he's probably the... If, if he starts, I mean, I think he, he becomes the best kind of mid midfield option after, after Salah and De Bruyne, as, as a few suggests. Yeah. But um, yeah, I've I've got other fires to put out. I've I've got to wait on Alvarez, and that kind of that. I think him. I think I, I mean him starting is, is extremely unlikely, but it's still something I'm going to kind of wait on, mm-hmm. and then you know kind of um, you know kind of make my make my transfer basically depends on that. Yeah, this is this is it. But I think if you, if you're sat there and you get the news, Foden starts, and you've got like for me, I think. If I was to read all 10 of these, I think nearly everyone's midfield is made up of probably part of these 10 players. I don't know if yours are. I know probably Fran Pereira yeah. is your fifth, but you've probably got Saka, Zaha, Martinelli, Trossard, Rashford, Bowen, one of those guys, two of those guys, three of those guys alongside a De Bruyne or a Salah. It's pretty much everyone's midfield, I think. I don't think there's too many names I can think of that, that players might have that aren't actually on that list. Um, if they are, they're probably just a little bit more punty. Like there are other options, don't get me wrong, but I think those are probably the best picks. And I mean, review says they are, and who am I to argue? So, mm. I think in the situation where everything else was perfect, I still would be tempted to move one of those guys on to Foden, just given the nature of the fixture. Well, would you do it for a hit though? I wouldn't do it for a hit, no. no. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like, yeah, for because for me it'd be it'd be for a hit, and I think a lot of people will be in that situation. So, I, yeah, I think if I had two free transfers. Definitely, I mean, you know, Alvarez, I, I can I can move him down and, and then move on the other midfielders up. So it's it's definitely I think some something that you know those who have two or three transfers should look at. Uh, you know, if they're going to be waiting for the early team news, but yeah, for a hit, I don't think it's worth it. 
No. I really like Trossard this week as well. I think Trossard's, um, I mean, his numbers are, are, they must be extremely good for him to feature so highly here because in the past, yeah. Trossard has been a decent FPL pick. He's been a poor FPL pick. He's been a decent FPL pick. He's always been bumbling under the surface, but he um, just looks really impressive to me every week. The fact he's playing up front, um, the fact that the Zebra is just incredibly attacking. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's really high up there. So I'm really, I'm really hopeful that he is going to get some decent returns. You know, compared to some of the other midfielders on this list, Trossard doesn't really take the set pieces. He obviously hasn't got the penalties, so you really need to rely on it from open play. And I'm not always a fan of that. That's why I've usually got the players that do have those other factors in the, in my team. But mm-hmm. with him, I just, I don't know, something about him. I think that even after after the World Cup, um, and there's a lot of good options, I think, from 17 when I was looking, Trossard still, his hat, um, his name still has to be in the hat, I think, from that point, because the fixtures are decent again. I do like him a yeah. lot. Yeah, no, I think he's been been a great pick this season, and and he seems to be getting the turns from like he seems to be playing in you know a lot of different positions and getting the turns wherever he plays, which is good as well. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Zaha, I don't own this week. I'm pretty scared. Do you own Zaha? You do. I do. Yeah. Um, you know, I was one lucky ones who kept him. I mean, I, I mean, before the leaks, um, the moves I was looking at and the moves that the review also suggested to me were you know Zaha to Trossard, or. Um, or Mitrovic to Wilson, so yeah, I mean, I think if if he didn't get any leaks, I think he would have probably, could possibly, you know, would have been one of my transfer, my, my transfer outs this week. Yeah. But yeah, luckily I kept him, and um, you know, he's he turned in a good fixture against West Ham, and no doubt he's going to blank against, you know, <laughs> against the Hudden Forest in one of the easiest fixtures of the season. Yeah, his his elite one K ownership is really high. Zaha, he's one of the players I definitely yeah. fear this week not having. Um, obviously, so high up there. If, if, if you take Foden out, let's say he doesn't start or he doesn't get those amount of minutes, the fourth highest potential midfielder, um, you know, it's quite a scary prospect not to go with him when some, so many of the good managers do have him. So I need to get lucky on that one, I think. Personally. Yeah, I've, I've, the one I've missing in there is Saka. Okay. Yeah, I think Saka owners, I mean, I've had Saka. I've been pretty hard done by the last few weeks. And he, I know he looks great every week, set pieces, penalties. But the game against Forrest where he went off injured. I yeah. Know, I mean, I think we got done out of one there, to be honest with you. Um, you know, it, there's no saying for sure that if he was on the pitch, you know, he'd have done what was it, Reese Nelson that came on? Or, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he put, you know, he almost certainly wouldn't have done exactly that. But I think you'd probably put him down for another return at least as a minimum, maybe. Hundred percent. I mean, yeah. I was watching that game like because that, that was that was a week where I was trying to do a four into Saka and it didn't go through. And then I seen him. Obviously, I was watching the game and he got that assist for Mark Nelly's goal. I was like, this game. Is going to be you know four or five nil, and this mm. is going to be an absolute nightmare. So yeah, I was I was quite relieved to, to see him kind of get a wee niggle and then go off injured. So I got I got lucky with that one again. Yeah, it happens. It happens. It happens. Yeah. It goes. It goes both ways. Um, not always in one season. Not always in one season, though, right? To balance out, yeah. you can have, you can have a whole season of just dreadful luck. Trust me, I've been there, and and, and the other way, I've had loads of jam as well. Um, let's move on to forwards because I suppose that's. Probably the, where people will most likely be spending their transfers, I think, because we got the Mitrovic news, which I think is very well owned. Um, maybe people didn't sort out Tony from from last week, and he's now playing City. Maybe people went for Skamaka, and although I wouldn't be looking to remove him, maybe there's a bit of concern around there. You've obviously got the fact that Harlan might not even play. You know, you've got the fact that you might have Alvarez set in your team, um, and and again, he might not start. It's probably where the majority of transfers will be spent, I guess. So reviewers got Haaland down as a default, 76 minutes at the moment, and it's got him top uh, average points of eight. 
for obvious reasons. Quite a big drop off to Kane, 1.1. That's quite a significant drop off for review. Down it's huge. To, yeah. Um, obviously got the really high minutes there. He did play in the week, midweek for League Cup, but he did come off early, didn't he? So I can't see any scenario where he doesn't play, to be honest, unless I think Kane, um, you know, this whole, people have been speculating a lot on Twitter that because of the World Cup, players may ask for a rest just to make sure they don't get injured. And maybe, maybe that might happen to some players or do you just not buy into it? I, I wouldn't see Kane as one of those guys anyway. But. I think, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I buy into that, but I think if, if, even if it was true, I think Harry Kane would be the last one to ask mm. I think he's one of the most like selfish players ever, and he's you know he's after that you know Alan Shearer's all-time goal record. You know I think he's he's going to play regardless. Yeah, that's my feeling too. Um, to be honest, on that note, I think one of the players, just while we're we're touching it, that maybe you could argue for would be De Bruyne. I don't think that he would he will do it, but I think out of everyone in that squad for Man City, who probably carries the most clout, the guy he's worked with for the longest time, given his age profile. Given how much he, you know, it's probably his last World Cup, maybe given he's thirty. Um, mm-hmm. You know the fact that he could not play him and they could smash Brentford. Do you think there's anything in someone like that? Maybe not specifically him, but someone like that just saying I'll have the week off because Twitter's full of these theories, and I never know how much credence to give them. But maybe, maybe. I mean, that's a situation where I could maybe buy it. I don't know. I mean, I think it's. I don't think we could put. Personally, I wouldn't put much weight on that. I, I think maybe just as a, in a nor, normal game, like if City are winning four nil, um, you know KDB probably when the first one to come off where he you know previously wouldn't, um, you know if, if we didn't have this kind of you know World Cup you know next game week. So I, I don't think it'll make much difference. I, I just think it'll be like um, you know like it'll be like in time game scenarios. Yeah. Um, and then that's not something that we we could predict. And I don't think it's wise to try and predict that either. No. So I just think we should just go in with, with the kind of same premise that we that we usually do. Yeah. Um, and just kind of, you know, hope for the best, really. Okay. So put very, very minimal event is nothing on, on those sort of things, really, when you're making your decisions is probably the best. Yeah, around, yeah. yeah. I, I do agree. I think if, if Man City are sort of 3 4 nil up and it's the 60th minute, then there's not... I mean, forget the World Cup. In that scenario, De Bruyne is always liable to come off anyway because Pep has exactly. singled him out for that. But with the World Cup, maybe an added impetus. But of course, he could have been involved in all the goals if they've scored three or four anyway. Um, you're, not, you're certainly not going to be taking him out unless we get a leak that he's not starting, right? So yeah. it's almost irrelevant, I guess. Um, Darwin and Jesus are the next two after Haaland and Kane. Um, sat at 5.7 for Darwin, 4.9 for Jesus. So again, quite a significant job drop off. I'm fuming because I can't get to Darwin, um, not unless Same. I take a hit. And to be honest, yeah. he is the player I. Outside Zaha, who is owned by the top 1K a lot, Darwin is probably the player I fear the most after that. I don't know if you agree, because I think he's... Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I mean, he'd, if I had enough money for, for a straight swap, you know, um, from Alvarez to Darwin, yeah. that'd be my top transfer in. But um, I've only got like 8.1, so I've got enough for Firmino. Um, Same, yeah. Only. So, yeah, uh, I see Firmino's down there as well at 60 minutes and yeah. 3.9. I mean, I have considered Firmino, to be honest, because um, he is one of those players, again, you know, for not looking at stats, just looking at, you know, a, a vibe pick. You know, he can get a, a huge haul in any random game. And he got a 22-pointer against Bournemouth, was it not? Um, oh, yeah. So he is what one I've been looking at. So, yeah, unfortunately, I can't afford Darwin. So if I was to go, go there, it would have to be Firmino. But I would, if, if I, I think if you can afford Darwin, especially for like an Alvarez or a Mitrovic, I'd put him as your top transfer in. Yeah, I totally agree. And um, I'm, I'm really worried about that scenario, to be honest, because I'd love to have him. 
Um, I'm with you, actually. I've got exactly 8.1 to replace Mitrovic, um, presuming the, the news is, is, is accurate and he's definitely out, which basically means for me the guy just below Jesus or Firmino are probably my top two picks. Yeah. Um, I was quite surprised. I looked at Firmino on um, FBREF just across the season, so expected goal yeah. involvement, um, and he sat in 12th place overall, which is pretty damn high. Mm. Um you know, it's it's quite significant. You know, Jesus is higher. Um, by so Jesus is on 0.81 per 90 expected goal involvement, and Firmino's in 12th at 0.61. So I think it's we are a bit tainted. I think with Firmino because we kind of know what he's like. Does that make sense over many years, and then yeah. we kind of rule him out. But but it is a one. It is a very good fixture, and he's playing up front for Liverpool at the end of the day, and his data's decent. So he. he you know, maybe I'm just being silly to to sort of discount him. No, I don't think. I think he's he's definitely in consideration. What I had, what I didn't kind of um, consider before looking at this was his minutes. They seem quite low to me. Yeah, I agree with um, that. Mm. And I don't know. Maybe obviously another of you knows better, but I, I would I would like to know the reasons for that. Um, but I think looking at that, I think if we can't afford. Darwin, then you know Jesus is is the next best option if you're kind of looking at it from a, a purely stats point of view. But um, yeah, that just you know wheels away, just this kind of scream big haul to me. Um, whereas you know Southampton at home kind of does. But mm. yeah, I, I really would like to know what, why his, his minutes are so low. I suppose that they do make quite a lot of offensive subs, don't they? But I would say Darwin gets subbed off as well as Firmino, so I don't know it's guaranteed to be him. He has played a lot more minutes. I think in a lot of recent seasons, Firmino has been either not playing or he's come off of the bench or he's been early subbed. He's never really been like mm-hmm. a 90-minute guy, so maybe that factors in because it uses this sort yeah, of historical data quite a lot. Um, and they do make offensive subs, don't they? They usually bring on either um, Carvalho yeah. or Jones or whoever. They bring on the, the kids usually. Um, yeah, so maybe that factors in. For me, the, the slight worry I have about going Jesus, because I've seen a lot, again, a lot of content this, this week about Jesus just hasn't been scoring goals. I personally don't give a shit about that at all. I think yeah. the data's fantastic. I think he's a fantastic player. Yeah, he might be a below average finisher on average you know, across the many seasons. Um, but I'm not worried in the slightest. I think if opportunity, opportunities will come his way, and that's far more important. And um, I really like him as a pick. So... I'm not worried about that part. The part for me that I worry about is the triple up. And I don't know whether that's me also being silly because I've got Martinelli, Saka and Jesus and that is a lot of eggs in one basket. You know, to have three players from a... I've done it so many times in the past where I've had three Man City players in a home fixture for a great one and they've just been terrible. It's just been awful. But to have three in an away fixture versus Wolves, history tells me that that's probably not a decent idea. I know it's a very <coughs> decent Wolves, uh, a very different Wolves team these days, but... Yeah. It's still in the back of my mind that having a triple up on tack, you know, if they just don't score a goal or it's one nil, you know, that's that's three quite expensive or or decent picks, I should say, because they're not that expensive. Yeah. Um, that suddenly getting. No, it's, it's a, I think that's a very valid concern, uh, Luke, and I think, um, you know, if you look at the odds as well, right, the odds really kind of favour Arsenal in that game, like, and you know, Wheels are like, you know, one of the, like the, the, the second most likely not to keep a, a clean sheet this week as well. And then on top of that, you know, this Arsenal team has been like, you know, different gravy this season. Mm. But, you know, Wills away is always going to be like a, you know, it has always kind of historically been a tough fixture. So there is always that chance where they can, you know, decide to play that game, that, that day and, you know, restrict it to like a one all or a one nil. So it is definitely a valid concern. But, yeah, I think if you've probably... I, th- I think on that on that basis, because you've got... Um, because you've got kind of... 
Martinelli and Saka, um, you know, you can probably use that excuse to, you know, to go for Mino. And I'd, even though I think Arsenal will win that game, I, I can't see it being a three or four nil. Uh, you know, it can maybe like you know a, a, a two nil or a two one. Mm-hmm. You know, like a, a quite a convincing victory. Whereas with the Southampton game, I can I can see that game being a, a three or four nil quite easily. Yeah, the thing is, it would put me on a triple up the other way. I'd have even though it's a defender, I'd have Trent, Salah, and Firmino, and then suddenly I'm in a similar situation. But I do prefer the fixture, like you just mentioned. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, you'd, you'd rather. I mean, even with this Liverpool team, I think you'd still rather the triple up and you know, given the fixture. Yeah, one for me to ponder. I mean, the other the other one to throw out there is is if Alvarez does start. And there has been some noise. I mean, I mean, I, I talk about it as well that when Brentford are, are very likely to use a back five, if they are, if Pep thinks they will sit in extremely deep, two DMs, five defenders, then he doesn't really like to use De Bruyne. He prefers to use the two strikers. De Bruyne's more the transition man, the man who can break. He, he needs space, as Pep always talks about, to operate in, and he's not as useful um, in a game like that. And he prefers to have two bodies to cause them issues in the strikers block. Now, I don't think he's going to do that. I don't think Brentford are poor enough of a side because the evidence we've got so far are that Copenhagen and Forest he's done it I think there may have been a one other game that slipped my mind but possibly not but definitely those two and I wouldn't say Brentford are as bad as either of those two sides personally I don't I know they've been playing very badly recently but I first of all it relies on Haaland being fit enough so that he could even do the two up front so that's a that's a factor yeah. um, the fact that De Bruyne was rested last game I don't know it just it probably does, it's probably not going to happen but if Alvarez is in the starting lineup He's another forward that I think I'd probably go to. I think I'd rather just get him in rather than go for the triple up on Firmino and Jesus. Would you do that if Alvarez was in the starting lineup? I would, yeah. If I didn't have Alvarez and he was in the starting lineup, I think he would. I think it'd be very close between him and Darwin as my as my top two picks if, yeah. if I knew them starting. Um, but yeah, I mean, what what percentage chance would you put on on Alvarez starting? Um, what percentage chance would I put on it? I don't know, probably like 15 percent to be honest. I don't, 10%. I don't think it's. It's definitely more. I mean, in a normal ma- a normal game where Haaland's fit and it's just a normal match that they would have, I'd put it somewhere between zero and five. But considering the fact that the yeah. tactics suit it and Haaland's not, maybe fifteen, maybe fifteen to twenty, maybe actually, maybe, maybe a little bit pessimistic there. But I don't know. He could still come on. At the end of the day, he's playing very well, and he can. He doesn't have to play up front. He can play off of the right wing, as we know. He has played off the left wing before mm-hmm. as well. Can play number ten. Can play a striker. He's just a, a all-round really good player. He's really two-footed as well, to be honest. He does. He's, yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, Pep could easily just bring him on, couldn't he? Like we, we've already just talked about it. The fact that there's um, a World Cup round the corner, they're three, four nil up, and De Bruyne wants to come off. Well, the obvious de- replacement for De Bruyne really is Alvarez. Mm. He can't use him in a similar role. De Bruyne's almost used as a second striker, just off of him. So it's a similar situation. Um, yeah, Martial's an interesting one on there. We've got a question about him later. I won't spoil it. But he, he does a, I think he's starting tonight, isn't he? So I'm not sure where, how that affects it. But he's another one yeah. I think that you could look at as a Hail Mary because presumably he'll be on penalties if Ronaldo's not on the pitch. Yes. Yeah, and playing against um, Fulham. You just don't yeah, trust I mean, him, do you? I'm just, just checking the score. Um, it's half time almost. And yeah, he's still on the pitch. Yeah, I think he's, yeah, I mean, um, a great pick, obviously, but it's just the minutes, isn't it? I mean, He's just back from injury. Is he going to start again at the weekend after starting today? Depends how many minutes he gets today as well. Um, it's, it's a tough one. I, th- I think there's too many other good options there for us to you know take a punt on him. Even like you know the likes of Firmino and and Darwin are like you know loan picks, yeah. which we're, we're much more sure that they'll start than him. So 
Yeah, I mean, again, you know, we're talking earlier, it's a one-week punt, so I wouldn't put anybody off. I just think it would be really wary of his minutes. It's hard to put yourself in... Let's say you're five million in the world right now, and like mm. you, I think Darwin is a better pick. You can afford Darwin. Would you just do Darwin because yeah. you expect him to get more points, or would you do Martial because you think, well, I'm five million, who cares? And we've got a long way left of the season yet, so... I still think I'd do Darwin. I think we're way too early in the season just to be kind of like, you know, going for Hail Mary punts on that basis. So, yeah, I still think I'd go Darwin. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Uh, just sort of put that out there for anyone else considering the same. He's probably not, he might not be doing yeah. that well. Um, yeah, I think that's covered probably most of the, the stuff I wanted to talk about. We've got a few questions that we can run through. And guys in the chat, if you've got any questions for me um, or Abdul, then stick them in and I shall try to, try to answer. I'm going to roll through some of the questions we got off of Twitter. Um, I'm not going to bring them up on the screen because I'm not that organised. Um, I've got one from uh, at FPL Positivity, and I've kind of grouped it with another guy at Capital FPL. So Positivity was quite specific. So will Richarlison or Martial get enough minutes, which is what we discussed, in game week 16 to be worth a one-week punt? So he's, he's asking between those two. Um, mm. I'm not, they're both just back from injury, right? I think it's a dangerous game to go either. Yeah, I think it's um, as I just kind of mentioned as well. I think there's a lot of other kind of one week punts there who are quite low that we can go for. But you know, to answer the question, out of both of them, I'd probably still go Martial if I was to pick out one of them. I agree. And Capitals one was just the best forward under eight million. That's why I listed them. If we get the news, like if you're sat with Alvarez in your team, um, you've already got Solanke. So I'm painting the situation here. So it's probably the best cheap forward that you can get. I probably answered that. I think. Um, you know, and Alvarez isn't starting, you can only afford another cheap forward, who, who would you look to? Because there isn't a massive market. At that point, would you just go Martial? Because he is really cheap. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I mean, possibly Solanke maybe. Um, but yeah, I think I'd probably just, I mean, if, if you're, you're kind of looking at that kind of price point, you'd probably, you'd probably just go for him. Um, I mean, I think he probably, I mean, he'll, he'll definitely get minutes off the bench. So... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a tough one, but um, in that price point, you've probably not really got many more options. Mm. How much is Azuz, by the way? Is he bang on 8 million? Because if he is, then I'll say... Yeah, he's just 8 million, yeah. He says under 8. Does that count? Probably not. Um, I think uh, Yeah, I mean, obviously, if you can get Jesus for 8, then yeah, then he, he's the one. That's it. Um, I agree. At FPL underscore Zaha, is it worth a transfer... Um, to take KDB out and bring in Haaland, the only way you could do it is with a hit. This is the exact situation I didn't want to be in and why I didn't do it last week. Yeah. And although it's paid off massively for you, like, well, it depends what you've done, but I would have thought it's paid off because De Bruyne and Alvarez both got decent points. Um, it's tricky, isn't it? Because it's just such a hard question because the bottom line is I, I would really want Haaland in my team. Like, that's no question. Like, I, yeah. I would really want him and he is scary. Like, if he's going to start and yes, he'd be my captain as well. But to transfer out De Bruyne for a hit for one week to then bring him back in, there's many different scenarios where that can just bite you in the in the face, mm. isn't it? Where De Bruyne goes mad and, I mean, Haaland might only get 60, 70 minutes or even 30 minutes. Let's presume he starts because that's the best case scenario. KDB could yeah. still outscore him, right? So I... I, I Personally, wouldn't, but would you be so scared that you just do it because that way you've got Haaland? <clears throat> That's a tough one. Um, I, I don't think I would. I don't think I would do that. Um, I mean, oh god. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I guess you'd be hoping for early team news, you know, that on KDB's bench to make the decision for you. But yeah, I mean, if both start, then I, I don't. I, I think there's there's too many other kind of moves here that you could make. 
you know, that would benefit your team. You could, you know, KDB's not a bad captainship at all. You know, if, if Haaland scores, you know, it's a high chance, you know, he gets the assist. Um, and then, you know, it kind of depends on who you've got in, in, in that Haaland spot as well. So, you know, KDB, and if you if you can get Darwin in instead of Haaland, I don't think that's too bad. You know, KDB captain and, and, and Darwin. Mm. But yeah, I mean, I think, I, I don't think I'd take that. I, I wouldn't take the hit. I think the answer is, like, you know, if you're looking at it, you know, from that sense where it's like, you know, if you're looking at it, you know, the chance of it paying off, I think the correct answer is it's not worth it. I agree. I would have said the same last week, though, as well, when it did pay off. But it's important to remember that just because the result did pay off doesn't mean you're invincible when you do it again and it does happen. <laughs> it's going to happen again. Like, there's no two ways about it. Harland is, you know, arguably the best pick this week by quite a considerable margin and his effective ownership is going to be ridiculous and I wouldn't want to be in that position. Yes, but I... I still can't see a situation where I would take out the Bruyne for minus four in order to get him. Yeah, um, yeah so good luck with that. And <laughs> sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry if he does get mad. Big help. Yeah, uh, at FPL Premster, uh, Prem Tipster. Sorry, one thing you could change about FPL. That was an interesting question. I thought I think you've probably had many over the years if you play in this game. But what's the one yeah. thing you could change? I think right now it'd be change change the deadline to kick off. You're going with a meta discussion, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, change the deadline to kick off, kill off all these team leaks. You know, just I, I personally think that would kind of level the playing field as well. People say like you know, disadvantages people in different time zones, but those people in different time zones are still kind of you know the ones who are dedicated are still kind of you know setting alarms and you know mm. you know checking team news for the early leaks. So now all they need to do is just set the alarm you know for the kickoff, and uh, not the kickoff. Sorry, the you know an hour before. And then get the get the official team news, make your transfers, go back to sleep. Simple. Yeah, I mean the fact that it's official news as well just makes it more sensible yeah. as well. Because at the moment people are having to set in their alarms and get up on the, on a whim that they're going to get some team news that isn't utter exactly. bullshit as well. And it's just it can ruin the whole experience. I just hate it. There's there's no answer to this. I think, and it's been discussed to death on everything that I've looked at. But I'm uh-huh. with you. I mean, we both play Sky, right? And they do it. And it works yeah. fine. I, I understand it's a different game, yeah. and it's mainly UK and all of that. But I think the the bigger discussion from it would be, well, what's the knock-on effect? The knock-on effect is it would make sense for you to wait for you to do your transfer right until the first kickoff every single time. And then the whole discussion of transfers and the price changes and stuff, you'd probably be playing a slightly different game. They'd probably have to tweak the algorithms and stuff if they wanted to keep that feature because there might not be not enough net transfers for the week to actually have an impact. Do you see what I mean? There are knock-on effects yeah. to doing that. It isn't as simple as just that, but I, I'm, I'm with you. I still think it's probably the ideal solution. Um, yeah, I think they've got enough, like you know, money and infrastructure behind them to, to make those changes. Oh, I don't doubt that. It's just whether they want to do it. Whether they want to do it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think so. I mean, they moved them before, right, to try and kill it because they had people who were. I mean, the, the reason they addressed it there though is because it was official news. People were obviously accessing the the Premier League portal where the official lineups yeah. are lined up, which people still do now. It just doesn't benefit people because the deadline's been moved. So mm-hmm. they did it. They did it then, but that was. I guess official news. Whereas now we are. I mean, ultimately, like someone like Team and Tips, he's getting a tip from someone, presumably, who's told someone, who knows someone, who rubs scrubs boots at you know Man City's training ground or whatever. Mm-hmm. You don't know for a short, we don't know for a hundred percent the fact that it's definitely true. And there, there will be a time, I, I assume, that in the future where someone gets it wrong or someone changes. Yeah, it. <laughs> you know, people will be living. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. Right. Let's move on. Um, at, oh no, what should I do? I'll, I'll add one then because you've done that one. What should I do? Mine's really boring. I would just remove chips. I know people like them and they do create a bit of excitement. Yeah. But I just, 
I preferred the game when there was one wild card for the whole season and you had to plan a lot more. I think in today's <laughs> game, it's a lot tougher because we have so many, re- so much bigger and quality squads where people miss out. You've got you know, trains failing, you know, all yeah. sorts of stuff, COVID. Like, it doesn't feel great and people would probably, as a worldwide game, it's probably not good for them, but I don't really care about that. I'm on about for me. For me personally, I would like it to be uh, more simplistic and they take away that and therefore reward people who yes. plan for a longer period of time and we just suck up the, the shit that happens. Nowadays, they're just throwing out like free hits like confetti if something goes wrong and I don't really like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't mind that either. I think maybe having like the two wild cards though, but no chips would probably be... Um, yeah, I think it'd be better for us kind of, us, us purists, you know, you could say. Um, and I think it'd be, you know, kind of benefit us in terms of getting better ranks as well. Yeah, I think a lot of people would give up. I think if they can't change yeah, stuff sure. and they look at their team, there's probably more people would give up. So that every little helps. Exactly. <laughs> uh, at Lucid Dream. Yeah, 10 million players. That's it, yeah. Um, at Lucid Dream says the best punt between Rashford and Ben Rama is literally giving you those two players to pick this week. Which one would you choose? I think for me, like, I, I would, I'd go for Rashford just simply because, you know, Fulham's defence is, is terrible. I mean, they're, 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 they're the worst um, for XUC in the league, actually. And, you know, they conceded the, the fourth most goals. They conceded 24 goals. So for me, I think, um, I think his minutes are, are more secure. But Ben Rama's a great shout as well. Um, and I know Fabio bought him in last last game week, which was astounding because, you know, I, I just knew when, when Fabio bought him in, and I seen everybody on Twitter, and I just knew he was going to score, and, mm-hmm. and he did. So, yeah, you're probably, he's probably going to get a hat-trick because, you know, because Fabio's got him. Yeah, and he's probably going to take the penalty if he gets one as well. So he is. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. He is on penalties, isn't he? So, yeah, yeah that must have been one of the reasons why, why you got him in. Oh, almost certainly it will be. The thing, I don't know if you saw the news, but he played with heavy strapping. He wasn't even at 100% for that game. So, yet again, as Fabio great, but also got the luck because Moyes <laughs> literally said afterwards that's he was it. heavily strapped up and that's why I had to take him off or something along those lines. So he could have yeah. just got a, like like I do a move like that and the guy doesn't turn up because he's you know yeah, broken so. his ankle while <laughs> brushing his teeth or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Right, at Sam Martin, FPL, thoughts on paying for a blue tick? I thought I'd put this your way because you've already got a blue tick, haven't you? Look at yeah, me, I, mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's... <laughs> Check it out. Yeah, say, say that again, sorry. <laughs> I was just taking it. Oh, look at me, I'm so important, I've got a blue tick. No, carry on. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's quite annoying because like, I just got mine like kind of like you know a few weeks ago. Yeah, you've been and done and, and just makes them totally worthless. But I mean, I, I guess we've got we've got to see what the, what he's actually going to offer for the for for, for the payment. Um, you know, I've, I've been told there's going to be less ads. You know, you can you can monetize. You can, you know, you'd, you'd be high, higher up on like search trends and all that kind of stuff. So I mean, I guess if it's worth it, then yeah. Um, I mean, I think as FPL content creators, you know, like yourself as well, it probably be. I think we're kind of being forced into buying it in a way because I think um, a lot of uh, you know majority of the content creators will will buy the tech because they they would feel that you know it would kind of affect them and then you know the ones who don't will kind of get left behind. So yeah, it's a bit of a shitty shit, shit situation, but yeah, I'm just going to see how it goes. What about you? Are you are you thinking of doing it as well? I, I don't know. Similar to you, I don't. It feels like you're being almost forced into doing it, which I don't yeah. want to do. 
I mean, also, it's the whole thing of now I don't want to get one to try and think that because people will think you think you're important and you want to buy it and look mm. cool. And it's like, well, that's not what it's about for me. I couldn't give a rat's ass about that. I think the most appealing thing is the fact that um, it gives you 50% of adverts. Now, if it was 100% of adverts taken out, I, I'd probably do it. Um, I'll have to see how it goes, whether people say it's worth it. It's certainly nothing I'm going to jump into. I'll wait and see. Um, but that would be the main reason is just the fact that... I, you know, I'm a, a grown, I'm a grown man who spends a hell of a lot of time on Twitter. So when it's kind of like your hobby or like anything, like FPL, yeah. like gaming, I don't mind spending money on something I'm very like happy to spend time on. You know, if, if you're going to have a hobby or do something, then do it well, in my opinion, or do it, um, you know, put some money, put some investment into it. And Twitter is part of that. So I wouldn't mind that necessarily. You know, it's not like I'm smoking. People always come, I'm not drinking every night and smoking fags so I can justify it to myself or whatever. Um, so I don't mind it. It's just that for me, it's the whole thing of, well, what am I actually getting for the money at the moment? It doesn't look like very much. So I'm going to have to wait and see what people say. But ultimately, yeah. if, if, if my interactions on Twitter just become diabolical and no one ever sees anything you do or type, then... Yeah, I, I think really... that's the fear, isn't it? I think that's the fear. Yeah, we'll see. Because at the moment, I think it's very early days, but whatever. Yeah. I'm not too bothered either way. I'm not going to join this whole crowd of people who people who have got a blue tick start taking the piss out of them for getting a blue tick. If people want to do it and pay the money, that's up to them. I yeah, think. I mean, it's all up to them. I think it's, I mean, it's, it's not as bad as buying stuff like V-Bucks on Fortnite and things like that. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the people complaining about it are probably, you know, doing that. Or oh, £10 million on FIFA in the same month. Well, yeah, exactly. It's just... Yeah, it's, 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 uh, I mean, it's like a, I think I think it's one of those things going to be forgotten about in the next few weeks. Oh. But we'll we'll see how it goes. But I'm I'm like you. I mean, I, I don't know what's going to happen with my tick. Um, I think apparently they're going to remove it, and like you know, in the, like within ninety days or something like that. So yeah, I'm going to just wait wait out as well and see what happens. You've been proper done over there, haven't you? Literally the. The, the only yeah, I'm mean, you know, minded I've had it for like a year or something, right? And you know, I kind of got bored of it, but I just just literally got it and like then, and then this happens. But yeah, yeah. it's, it's not a big deal, but it's, it's it's pretty funny. You know what's going to happen? Actually, thinking about, it, I think it's already happening in the Twitter world. Is people can impersonate you? That's the thing I also worry about. Yeah. So even with the tick, so the ticks almost regardless in that situation, they can now buy a tick. I don't know why they'd want to do it as me because I'm no one, but they could they could pretend to be me, interact with people. Yeah. And then I might not even see it. It might just be a conversation that's happened in some little subsection of Twitter I've not even looked at. And someone thinks that I'm an arsehole because of what they've done or what they're... I don't like that. <laughs> like, I might be yes. an arsehole, but it wasn't me. Like, I can't... <laughs> do you know what I mean? That, that might leave that impression on people. They could be doing it all over the place. You just don't know, do you? And that's the thing now. When I see someone or speak to them, I think I recognise certain handles and obviously the pictures and there's people I interact with all the time. I could easily get duped because I ain't got the time to check out every single person every time I look at them, whether it's yeah, a legit exactly. person. They're going to have to do something about it. Yeah, I mean, I think they will. I think eventually that's going to start happening and then, you know, they're going to have to do something about it. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Someone's just put in the chat there, Booner's hobby just got expensive. Yeah, that's a perfect example. It's yeah. hard. It's, Booner's gets almost does it every week anyway and now suddenly he's got like... I mean, look, if, if, if Booner gets a blue tick, he is going to cause absolute havoc. Like... Yeah. He's just gonna, you know, because obviously it's just gonna dupe like ten times more people. Absolutely. Um, so yeah. And I think you can, you could also, I imagine, build up followers very, very quickly if you just get. Let's say you do one banger tweet and you've got a blue tick, right? Whatever you've yeah. decided to impersonate, and then people start following you off the back of that, and then because you've now got followers and you've got a blue tick, people assume you are the real one, and therefore they'll keep 
they'll keep adding in suddenly it ex exponentially grows. I don't know, I'm getting carried away, but it doesn't seem like... Know, it can happen, it can definitely happen. Yeah, it doesn't seem particularly good. Uh, last question, this is from at Clara FPL. She says, what makes you squirm? Now, I don't know whether that means in an FPL sense or in a reality sense, but hit me. Uh, what makes you squirm? Uh, I don't know, you go first on this one. I don't even have an answer. I was waiting for you to talk so I could say. What, <laughs> what I'll, tell, I'll, I'll go with FPL then. For what makes me squirm is when a player scored some points or done something and then someone tweets that person and then puts the eye emoji and it's just for something that's just happened. It, it does my head in every single time. It's like someone will score a brace and then they've got like Fulham next and they put eyes next to them and it's just a shit player that no one's ever going to buy. <laughs> it's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> that annoys me. Yeah. Yeah, I guess mine is quite similar when people, um, you know, like kind of tweet about um, a certain player which everyone already knows about and, you know, they'll tweet it out as if it's like, you know, breaking news. Like, you know, this player has got this, these two next two, you know, like these two fixtures next, which are easy. But, you know, everyone and their, and their nan's already got them. That, kind of, that is a kind of pet peeve of mine as well. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, I, th I think, though, to, to go against that, there's, there's people out there, because FPL is quite a template and quite boring and quite obvious, they try to come up with all these crazy picks and stuff and they put it out there and you're just like, oh, bless them. They put a lot of work into that, but no one's ever buying that person. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and another one is where, is where, like, you know, you'll get certain people who, like, you know, um, recommend, like, every player under the book and then the one player that bans, you know, they'll kind of oh, quote absolutely. you. Like, oh, that's just, yeah, it makes me proper squirm. Yeah, that's, uh, Twitter's full of that. Far enough yeah. to get around, eventually one of them hits. And we're all guilty of that, right? We, we Everyone highlights their uh, their wins and not so much their losses. Um, yeah. Okay, I think that's just about it from the questions I've got. I'm just going to dive into the chat real quick. I've got Simon Lilly here. Great show, as usual. Two free transfers, Mitra and Foden to Darwin and Rashford seems a no-brainer. I'm 0.1 million off Mitra to Darwin with one transfer. Yeah, that's a, that's the exact same situation that me and Abdul are in with 0.1 off the Mitra to Darwin, I think. Or not 0.1, just can't afford him. Um, yeah, that one's very much dependent, isn't it? Because if Foden is starting, I wouldn't be looking to take Foden out. Yeah, which, um, sorry, uh, who was that asked that question? Simon Lilly, it's in the chat. Um, so two free transfers, Mitchell and Foden to Darwin and Rashford. He can do it for a hit. Oh, oh no, it's not two free transfers yet, so it wouldn't be a hit. He yeah. can't just do Mitchell to Darwin because he's 0.1 off. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know if, if that I mean so even even if Foden starts right you've got um, well I guess who you could like, it depends who you can get from Mitrovic you know, in one free transfer and you know what yeah I don't think that'll be worth it because I mean I think you can you can definitely get you know a, a good replacement for Mitrovic and keep Foden and then you can use the other you know free transfer for you know an, another transfer elsewhere but if you look at them side by side, you know, Metro and Foden, you know, Darwin and Rashford, I think obviously, you know, the, the latter kind of wins out by, you know, a landslide because obviously Metro's injured. But yeah. yeah, the fact that you can make that transfer elsewhere probably, you know, tells me, yeah, probably not wise to, to do that one. If, if Foden's starting, of course. Yeah, it relies on the Foden start. That's all I can really say. That's why yeah. Simon knows that already. I suppose just rely on whether get the news and then, well, hopefully the site stays up and you can do something about it. But the fact he's got two free transfers as well, like you'd be very inclined to. There's no, there's no reason to really burn one, is there? I know we can yeah, actually exactly. save the two free transfers. Have you seen this? If you don't make any transfers at all, you can actually come out of the back end with two free transfers. But I can't see a scenario where you wouldn't make a single transfer. Yeah, that's um, 
yeah, I think that's madness. But I think that's just kind of due to their um, like infrastructure, really. But yeah, uh, I mean, if if you're able to do that, then of course, of course, it's you know, good luck to you. But I don't think anybody's going to be doing that. <laughs> no, although I did look at my team, like what I put for game week seventeen compared to my team now, and it isn't too dissimilar. It's more like more of the edge pieces that would change. A lot of the players yeah, would stay I, the same. I, th- I think by the time you get to you know, game week seventeen, and there's going to be you know, depending on how far certain teams have gotten injuries, I think we'll be making quite a few transfers, yeah. I think. I think the double game weeks are probably going to end up shaping it anyway, right? Because there's a lot of rumours yeah, that there'll be sure. quite a few in the first few weeks, which will completely change everyone's team. Um, you know, suddenly you might have to get a load of players that are yeah. playing doubles, so changing the team about. Um, what's anyone else we've got in the chat here? I have Alvarez. Is it worth doing it to Darwin? Um, I prefer Darwin to Alvarez, even if they start, yeah. If it's for free and yeah. you've got no other players. I think you agreed you already said that as well, didn't you, sir? Yep. Um, Zar, any chance Mares will start next match? Of course there's a chance. It's Pep Guardiola. He could chant, He could play. Um, yeah. I don't think he will, but he could do. And he obviously played well, got a goal and an assist. So there's every chance, but I personally don't think he will. The problem with Mares is always that he only plays one position in the team and it is the most contested position in the entire lineup. The, predict- mm. the predictors group that I'm in, the right wing spot for Man City is anyone's guess any single week. And that's the only position Mahrez can play in. So he's never ever going to be recommended by anyone who follows Man City um, predictors yeah. anyway. So it's a tough one. Uh, let's see, anything else I've got here? Who are you liking? Uh, Sorry, mate, you go on. Yeah, this is just Adam's question there. saying Metro for Firmino, Solanke, Martial for a one week punt. Um, I think for, for me, I'd. I'd because it's a one-week punt, I'd go for Firmino. I think, even though I think Solanke is probably the the, the the actual kind of safest and you know the one that's going to yield the expected most expected points. But I think I'd still go Firmino. Yeah, I think for one week you go Firmino over yeah. Solanke personally. Yeah, I agree with that. It's got. I know Bournemouth have been scoring a lot of goals late, but if you said if one game gets six or seven goals in it, I think home to Southampton suddenly springs up. Um, Golden Goal Fantasy Football Podcast. How, who are you liking as a goalkeeper the other side of the World Cup? Have you, have you even looked? I haven't. I've, I've not looked and I, I won't be looking. <laughs> no. Um, I've, I've not even started looking at the World Cup games yet. I just think it'll be, um, you know, oh, I'm going to wait until game week 16 to look at the World Cup and then, you know, I'll probably like start looking at FPL about a week before. Yeah. Week I, I briefly looked just to see if my team would be different and I think there'll be quite, there'll be Probably two really popular ones, I think. Um, and that will just be Ward and Everson because they're so cheap. Yeah. And they allow everything else. The fixtures are okay. So I yeah. think that's absolutely fine. And I think the other obvious one is just Kepper. If Kepper's fit and he's playing, he's so cheap. And although Chelsea mm. have been dreadful, you're getting, yeah. that, you're getting a player comparatively to the other 4.4 or 4.5 goalkeepers or whatever he is. You're getting a team that is a lot better and presumably will improve when their players start mm. coming back. So I think those will probably be the two popular ones. Yeah, probably. I think Martial just scored by there. Just Did he really? Score. Tony yeah. Gloves is out, someone just said, exclamation mark. Oh, maybe. Yeah. What does he mean? Has out? he been injured as well? I don't know what he means by out. Does he mean so, out? As in... He's definitely just scored, so yeah, that would, that'll uh, increase his popularity a bit. Yeah, I'm just looking now. Yeah, he's got this goal 0.50 on the XG. Yeah, you can't you can't deny when Martial is in the team, if he adds penalties to it, he's playing up front. Um, in the central role, he's a decent pick for this fixture. There's yeah. no two ways about it. But the minutes are still are still in question. 
Yeah. Okay, cool. I think that's it. I think we're I think we're done, mate. Um, anything else you wanted to add at all before we pop off? Uh, no, I think that's I've got pretty much everything. I think it's one of those game weeks where it's like not a huge amount to talk about, kind of tactics wise. It's just about like one week punts, isn't it? Really, and just kind of predicting the minutes. That's it, and ultimately we're all going to be waiting, doing the same thing again, waiting for this leak that we presumably will yeah. get, and um, and just acting off of it and hoping, um, <laughs> hoping the, the servers stay up. So, kind of depressing in a way, but um, I'm kind of happy that <laughs> I'm kind of happy it's the last time this potentially yeah. happens because I think after this, you know, the first game week is not always going to be Man City or whoever it is, and hopefully there's a little bit of normality and maybe FPL will get the chance to reset their servers while they've got their break and actually invest a little bit or do something which might help. But thanks, guys, for joining us in the chat. Thank you, um, Abdul, for joining me as well. It's been a pleasure. If you guys could. Um, do the usual stuff on YouTube, the likes, the comments, the the sharing, all that stuff. That would that would really help us out, and I appreciate that. And um, yeah, we'll be back. We're not doing any World Cup stuff on here. We can't be bothered with that. So I'll see you. I'll see you um, on the other side. Bye from me.